Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. All right, here we go, folks. Time to get into the garden. It's time for you to call us right now. And it's 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDKVideo.com. Text us on the Red Automotive line, the best deal in town. They both happen to work for the Tribune Review, but they're also in here with us every Sunday morning from 7 until 8. Doug Oster, everybodygardens.com. Jessica Wallace, her 10th caller as we begin the broadcast today, wins our first gift certificate giveaway from the good folks at Sorgles. They would love to see you for the holiday season. That number is 412-922-1020. So here they are, ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning and welcome to the Organic Gardeners. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. And today we want to know who inspired you to garden. As we approach a new year, yep. I think it's important to take stock of. We were just reminiscing about, uh, <laughs> about you know, the old days. About the old days. Doug shared some pictures of him in high school on the track team <laughs> and with his friends and his prom picture and all that. And it really, mm-hmm. it really made what? us start thinking about this is the time of year really where you start thinking about. Jessica said I know, look like a rock star. I did. <laughs> you should see these guys with their long old Farrah Fawcett hair. Wait, no, it wasn't. It, who's the guy that had a hair like Farrah Fawcett? Uh, Dave, Dave Cassidy. David, David Cassidy. Cassidy. They get the David <coughs> Cassidy hair. Yeah, no, no big hair, deal. No big know. deal. And the and the the blue tuxedos with the big <laughs> giant uh, you know bow tie on it, yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. were the good. I old think days. you barely weighed maybe 105 pounds. In, in, <laughs> I think like... I was about 145. <laughs> now I got a leg that weighs 145. There you go, right. <laughs> anyway, so we would like to hear uh, who got you into gardening. Who was who your got you into gardening? Um, I think it was a combination of my mom and my nana. Um, I kind of love to go and hang out in my Nana's garden. It, it was uh, just such a pretty space in her backyard. And then my mom was an, a great vegetable gardener. She had a really big vegetable. I think it was more out of necessity, uh, as most vegetable gardeners gardens were back then, versus joy, as many of them are today. Uh, I didn't like working in it so much when I was a kid because it was weed pooling and things. But I think Eventually, that's what brought me to to a career in horticulture and a degree in horticulture. So, so that's what we're looking for. If you have anybody that you want to talk about, the why you started gardening, have some fun stories. We'd love to hear them. Uh, so, let's talk about some indoor plants for the holidays. Because also, a lot of times, are some of our indoor plants, especially things like Christmas cactus and the holiday cactus, they are hand me down plants. They come from. Mother, grandmother. I'm actually interviewing somebody tomorrow as a 102-year-old Christmas cactus. Wow. Wow. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. My sister has the one that belonged to my Nana, and it's huge. I'm I'm not actually sure how old it is, but I'm sure it's... It's a, not that old, but it's a it's a pretty old plant, too. And it's one that tends to be, you know, it's easy to pass along through just taking a little cutting uh, of those sort of paddle-shaped leaves. It can easily be rooted and passed along to somebody else. And Sort of as a as a plant with a history, I think, for a lot of families. And I love growing paper whites, but I know you don't like you like one or two. I like a bunch, but I have a new one. I taught, told you about before, Winter Sun, and I'll see what that looks like. It's got mm-hmm. kind of a yellow center. We'll see what the fragrance is. Uh, but it's just it's always nice to have I just some. What a paper white is because I think a uh, lot just of people a, don't, you know, don't know. A, a, 
a tender daffodil. And you, the funny thing is, you know, we talk about how we just, you just throw them in the compost afterwards. I've got some out in the greenhouse where the greens have come up. You know, I just left them in the pot and forgot about them, and, mm. but there's no flowers. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so in some way they're somewhat semi-hardy because yeah. they've been sitting out in the greenhouse. Yeah, I think uh, maybe like zone eight or something. Yeah, that sounds, that, that sounds it, about right. That sounds about right for an unheated greenhouse, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But also, they have that, um, you know, to me it smells like a, a daffodil, only more mm-hmm. intense. You know, some of those spring daffodils. I, I love their scent, and, and that's what I get out of the paper whites. Right. And if you want a bulb with no fragrance, you can always do an amaryllis, which is another another good, beautiful That's source. a great gift, too, because you don't, you don't need to be a gardener to make that bloom. You can just give them a bulb or give them one that's already budded, and mm-hmm. off it goes. Yep. It'll do its thing. super easy to take care of. Super I, I love them, and I, you know, I've, got, I've got a ton of them in the house. It's always, like, it's, always like, it's always like a... Is that thing dead? I said, no, it's dormant. <laughs> no comment on the dead versus dormant, right? Robert in Clarion, congratulations. You're the winner of that gift certificate. Let's take a call. Let's go to Dan in Franklin Park for Doug and Jess. Hey, Dan. Hello. Good hey, morning. Dan, what's going on? Well, I have some. My first question is it's a very odd December for scheduling. So has Santa Claus been to the, your favorite nursery already, or did I miss that? Oh, uh, yeah, Santa, you did miss it. Santa Claus has been out there uh, at Han Nursery the last couple of weeks. So Santa Santa will be back next year. <laughs> we had a lot of kids and a lot of pets. <laughs> I mean, probably more yeah, pets I, than kids. <laughs> I realized, realized I probably missed it. Anyway, I had three reminiscences about uh, gardening. The first is when I bought my house in the 80s, um, my wife wanted a garden and she put stuff up, so I dutifully built a garden. The next one is my mother stopped one year. She's a, ter- a great weeder. One year she she weeded the garden, and I found all my broccoli plants <laughs> laying on the pile of weeds. Oh, no. So I, I shoved them back in the, in the dirt. And the story we always tell is it was the best year for broccoli ever because she aerated the roots. <laughs> but but the truth is, it's my father who is uh, the gardener. And uh, one year, <clears throat> he came in Memorial Day and said, you need your garden. And I was working two jobs and life was difficult. And so I said, well, I don't have time for, to garden. So he went out and planted tomatoes and peppers and everything. And he, I never once, over the whole course of the summer, walked out to the garden. However, in August, Labor Day, around Labor Day, he returned. He weed-whacked everything. It was the best tomatoes I ever had. <laughs> nice. And, uh, but anyway, he's still gardening as best he can, and he was my... My mentor, but uh, oh, sometimes oh, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Good that's, to talk to you. That's cool. That's uh, you know, it's one of those things sometimes where something's in the background, right? As the garden was for him that year because he had so much else going on in his life, and it's in the background, and you don't really realize how important it is that that moment until later. Well, it's know? funny, it, it can't be in the background for us, but it does sometimes take a back seat when you're crazy working and, and mm-hmm. such. you got to keep the garden going. But, 
It happens to everybody, no matter what you do for a living. It's true. It's true. And I think the important thing is to, when you have a year where the weeds take over your garden or a year that, you know, the garden doesn't produce as good as you want, just just chalk it up to a bad year and move on and do it again the next year. Don't let it make you give up on gardening because everybody has years like that in the garden. So who inspired you to garden? That's what we want to hear. Give us a call. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank. Instant access. KDKRadio.com. Text them on the right automotive line. The best deal in town. Now, uh, it's all about who inspired you to garden. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank. Instant access. KDKRadio.com. Text them on the right automotive line. The best deal in town. Next stop, North Hills. Here's Tom for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners on KDKA Radio. Hi, Tom. Hi. Uh, It wasn't so much a person as my college inspired me. I went to uh, graduate school at the Rochester Institute of Technology up in mm-hmm. Rochester, New York, and we lived um, in married student housing. And in the summertime, there's a big empty field next to the housing, so they plowed it up, and students could plant gardens there. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I had my first garden. And what did you grow in that garden? What, was it? what did I grow? Yeah. Uh, probably like tomatoes and cucumbers and um, peppers and uh, beans, um, lots of those kinds of different things. And all I had to use was I, I didn't want to spend any money on utensils or tools, so I had an old army shovel that folded in half. Yeah. <laughs> I would always c- uh, carry it in my car because I got stuck because <laughs> <laughs> there was snowed a lot up in Rochester. Yeah, and so I, you would use that in the garden. Did you have much well, luck your first year growing? I think that was the best garden I ever had. No kidding. Animals bothering it. <laughs> and I, you know, it was a waste. To, it was a dry summer. And so it was a waste to where the, the um, faucet was. So I didn't want to spend money on hoses. So I carried buckets and buckets of water um, up to my garden. And, and I, my, I would, my, huh? my other question was, was this just all to avoid having to do schoolwork? Well, it's summer school, so I didn't have to go to school too much, <laughs> you know. But I would say that uh, there are probably like 25 to 40 gardens that the, that the graduates or whoever lived there um, built or put out there. That's pretty oh, that's cool. Great. I wonder if they're still there today. Yeah. Probably not. They're probably I, I have a feeling it was like yeah. 19, I went there in 1977. Okay. So, so they're probably think, a building there now. I have. I didn't have a building there now. I haven't looked. I should guys Google map it or something and see yeah. if there, <laughs> there's a building there. But uh, yeah, it was a very nice garden. Then next spring I was kind of finished and I noticed somebody grabbed my spot. I guess they must have liked it. Yeah. Uh, after they saw yeah. what, what happened there with your stuff. It makes you wonder now if, if they would ever uh, do that again at a university, if there would be interest. I mean, I think there is a renewed interest in gardening amongst younger people and it'd be cool to see if that would be a successful program. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Clarion and say hi to Brad. Brad, you're on KDK Radio's Organic Gardeners. Good morning. Good to talk to you guys again. Nice morning, to talk Brad. to you, Brad. Uh, I wanted to tell you how I grew up. Uh, my mom and dad were pretty poor. Actually, my dad had never had a car until we, I was probably about seven or eight years old. And uh, we didn't have a freezer. We didn't have a refrigerator. And my mom and dad would can everything. They would go out to the market and buy the vegetables and fruits and stuff. And I can remember my mom buying bruised peaches. They'd sort out the peaches that good from the bad, and she'd buy a bushel of those bruised peaches and cut them and make jam and can the peaches, of the good part of the peaches. And uh, we'd go to a neighbor's, and a farmer neighbor, and they'd butcher a hog, and uh, they would cut that hog up and grind it all up, 
the whole thing by hand with a hand crank uh, grinder, mm-hmm. and they'd can't they put that sausage, they fry the sausage in a skillet, and then they put it in a big, great big crock, and they'd fill it up with the the grease off the pig, and that would be seal it, and we'd get down and pick that sausage out of a big crock and. Hmm. We'd have it that way, and hmm. all different kinds of things like that. My dad never had a mower. He used a scythe and a sickle to cut the grass. Jeez. Of course, we lived out in the country, you know. And uh, I have all kinds of memories. I, I think I could write a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? And it, it's it's interesting how um, self-sustaining people were before we oh, were yeah. given so much of this stuff, before you could go to the grocery store and get a jar of spaghetti sauce. Garden was important, yeah, more important. Very important. Now you, you go into Giant Eagle and there's 40 different kinds of spaghetti sauce. But back then it was what your mom or your grandma or, or made. Or you could go into Coons Market and do the same thing. You could absolutely <laughs> you could go into Coons Market and get 60 different kinds of so spaghetti good. sauce. So good. We love everyone. All right, let's go to Jim in Beaver, Pennsylvania. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Thanks, gentlemen, for taking my call here. Okay, I been doing a garden in my yard for 30 years okay in the back I, I did a big garden I planted probably everything that I could imagine but um, last year for the last two years my wife being sick I did not do a garden I couldn't do it but last year she passed in January so I put a little garden in just tomatoes and peppers that's what I like the most okay I bought three plants, three tomato plants. That's all they had. I went to Walmart. No one had any plants. Lucci's had some, but they were pretty scrawny looking. So I went to Walmart. They had a couple plants. So I bought three tomato plants. I don't even know what they were. But I'll tell you what. I never seen so many tomatoes in my life. They just grew. They, these plants grew to be, oh, my, five feet high. Wow. And they just polluted with tomatoes <laughs> that's great see sometimes but, you take a little hiatus and you come back and it's better than ever huh yeah but what i do always every year i i shred all my stuff up you know personal stuff and i throw it all in the garden i don't think i don't know if that helps or not my shredder stuff i throw it all in the garden and till it in in the spring you know like but, paper uh, you mean or leaves or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, paper. Paper. Any okay. Kind of, all, right. all right. Yeah, all the white stuff in my neighbor said, What's that white stuff in your garden? You know. Well, it's just paper's dirt, right? I mean it goes back to the earth. But uh what a tr- now okay, a lot of these tomatoes I froze. Mm-hmm. I've been little like four and little baggies. Uh, I probably have twenty of them in my freezer. What, are they good for cooking like? Yeah, you could. You can uh, make your own uh, spaghetti sauce or pizza sauce out of them, or you can use them in chilies, um, you know, defrost them, chop them up, toss them into your chili or soup or a stew. They would be great uh, to use in that. And it's funny because you can go buy canned tomatoes or something, but there's something about when Mm -hmm. you open it up and it was from your garden that just it's extra intense in the flavor department for it's, me. It's summer all over again. It is. It really is. Even though, you know, not quite the same as slicing a tomato and putting it on a piece of bread, you know, and, and having a butter and tomato sandwich in the height of summer. But mm. freezing like that really does kind of capture that summer flavor. That's like Pavlov's dog to me. Is it? Yep. Is this when I talked about a big slice <laughs> uh-huh. of beefsteak tomato on butter bread? Tomato sandwich? Mm. Tomato yeah. sandwich. There, there's just uh, nothing better. 
slice of cheese, a little bit of mayo. Mm. Oh, now we're reminiscing about summer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, before we uh, take another caller, we've got about a minute to the break. So why don't you two take us there with maybe some other stuff that we need to talk about? Well, you know, we talked about house plants, and one of the Christmas plants or holiday plants that's been in the nurseries about the last, I think, three, four seasons is the, is the hellebore. Uh, and I think that's a, I love that plant. It's, uh, it, it actually, when it's growing as a perennial, it blooms like right now. Mm-hmm. And last year I tried to get one in the garden, uh, but it didn't make it. But I've had friends that have bought them and put them in the garden and had a mild winter like this one. And they caught on, um, mm-hmm. uh, because as a house plant, I mean, it's going to go for a little bit, but yeah, it's not going to be happy inside. It is one of those house plants that you can plant. You know, it's a temporary plant that you can plant out into the garden and actually have a chance of it surviving. So many of the other things don't. You know, once you put them outside, they kind of peter out, and that's that. But the hellebore, you know, it's a, it got a hardy re- perennial. Last so. year, it got really cold really quick. Yeah. And so it just didn't make it. But I'm thinking maybe this year I'm either going to get a couple, put one in the greenhouse or something and see if I can get it to survive mm-hmm. or put the other one in the garden and see if I can. Because I, I, I just love that plant. I've got one out there. Mm-hmm. It's just not doing that good. Mm. I think it has something to do with sometimes I put a pot over it during the summer. Oh. All right. Listen, 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. Text us on the Red Automotive Line, best deal in town. Who inspired you to garden? The question that Doug and Jess are asking with their audience today. All right. Now, listen, before we have uh, some news from Doug and Jess, I want you to be the 10th caller because you can win a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's in Clinton. Number is 412-922-1020, 412-922-1020. And Doug and Jess are asking this question today on the program. Who inspired you to garden? We're going to talk to Ann and Vanderbilt next. We have room for you at 866-391-1020. So uh, you might have heard an ad there saying that Santa Claus is going to be at Han Nursery today. That's an old ad. <laughs> and we just heard from him, and he's too busy right That's now. That's right. Sa- Santa is w- all the way up to the North Pole. He will not be at Han Nursery today. He's he's working hard to get all those presents ready. So don't go to Han Nursery no. today looking for Santa Claus. Santa's gone fishing. All right, no, let's I'm... talk poinsettias with Ann. All right, Ann, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I finally got my family to quit buying me poinsettias for my birthday, and uh, now two friends came by and gave me them. I I, I don't know what to do. I kill those things all the time. What am I doing wrong? Well, wait a minute. First off, when when your friends brought the poinsettia, how do you react? Do you have to grit grit your teeth and say, thank you very much? Well, they probably expression on my face. I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to hide it when you're like, oh, it's it's like the cat that came back, right? Well, listen, you're you're not alone. And here here's the deal with poinsettias that surprises a lot of people is that uh, shortly after the holidays and sometimes actually before then, a lot of times they'll drop all their leaves and all their bracts and it'll just be bare stems and you think the plant is totally dead. And they'll sit like that in a dormant state for quite a long time before they develop all new leaves. Um, and you they will live for many years, but people a lot of times when they see all that leaf drop happening... They automatically give up on the plant. Um, now, yeah, I throw it out. Yeah. Now there's there's a lot of there's a lot of other reasons other than the natural life cycle of the plant that the leaves can drop off. So I mean, if they bought it from a you know a, a hardware store that kept those plastic sleeves over them, that will cause a buildup of ethylene gas in the plant that will cause the leaves to drop off in an unnatural way, and that is a way that 
can potentially kill the plant. But if the plant is otherwise healthy and looking lovely at your home for a few weeks before it starts to drop all its leaves and croak, um, then you know it's just sort of part of the natural life cycle of the plant. And even though you have bare sticks, it doesn't necessarily mean that the plant is dead. You will get new leaves develop on that plant eventually. And then from there, it will persist for many years. Um huh. So don't think automatically that you have a brown thumb just because that happens. It is part of the natural progression of that particular plant, um, especially when it comes from a big, beautiful, bright greenhouse into your home, which probably doesn't have ideal light conditions and ideal temperature conditions like the greenhouse does. So don't beat yourself up about it. Well, what about the, do they hurt the animals? No, I mean, no, and that's sort of one of those myths that continues to persist around poinsettias is that, oh, if if your dog takes one bite, it's going to die. It's not true. A dog or cat would have to eat like many, many, many leaves in order to get a tummy ache. Um, and oh, the and the sap well, the sap that's in the then leaves. I don't have to worry about yeah, that. I wouldn't worry about it at all. The sap that's in the leaves is actually pretty irritating and tastes really bad. So oftentimes uh-huh. they'll take one little nibble and then that's all they'll do because they learn that it's really a distasteful plant. Well, what about watering it? Yeah, so I mean, it does depend on how dry you keep your house, if if you're and how warm you keep your house. So if your house is real, real warm, you're gonna have to water it a little more frequently. You know, then if you keep your house a little bit on the cooler side. But what I like to do is take them to the sink, um, you know, usually about once a week, every seven day, or every 10 days, uh, put it in the sink and turn the water on and let the water flush through the soil uh, and drain out oh. the hole in the bottom. Uh, if it's okay. in a basket or something or foil, take that foil off to water it, let it drain, and then put it back in the basket or foil. Okay. Okay. Just keep it on the dry side, right. a little bit on the dry side, and that they. They're pretty happy that way. I've had them growing on my windowsill for, for years. Well, I've had it since uh, December the 10th, and they're probably pretty dry by now because I waited, was waiting to call you. Well, now you're going to be an expert, and when next year when people bring you those beautiful poinsettia plants, you'll have a big smile on your face, right? I doubt it. <laughs> Thanks, Anne. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, congratulations. Janet won herself that $25 gift certificate. She's from Aliquippa to Janoski's. Right Automotive text message, best deal in town. I didn't plant new bulbs, daffodils or tulips. What do I do with them? Thanks, Susan. Uh, you know, I would put them in the ground right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have found a, a source with a bunch of, they're stuck with a bunch of bulbs, and, and I'm thinking about thinking about doing it, thinking about getting like a couple more hundred and sneaking them in. We were just saying the other week that you couldn't wait to be done planting bulbs. Oh, you can't pass up a bargain, though. That's what it is. That's, you. that's what it is. And actually, they, they've got uh, Red Emperor tulips, which are the first tulip I ever grew when I started gar- deer gardening. Are gonna love those. Well, I'm, you know, they're going to be inside in the vegetable garden where the deer can't get them. That's gotcha. where the only place I can grow tulips. And they're, they, I, it's, it is the deal thing. It yeah. is just like when I saw the price. I was actually out at uh, Chatham University's Arboretum uh, doing a story on plants with winter interest. And uh, Kristen, who works out there, she was, she was, she sent me the link saying this place that she deals with has a lot of bulbs left over. But uh, what are you, some of your favorite plants with uh, winter interest in your garden? Oh my gosh! Oh, I in my own garden or just overall that I well, I love the winter berries, mm-hmm. the Ilex verticillata, which I have a, a red female one on the side of our house. We have a, a male one too. Obviously, you need to have a male in order for the females to set berries, but it is just absolutely covered with those beautiful red berries the right now. The interesting thing so at Chatham was that the birds had already picked them clean. Really? 
Wow. See, the deer have nibbled a couple off the front of the plant that they can reach, but they can't reach the side of, of the house. And so they're still looking really nice over there. And of course, we, we talk about this plant before, but I, of all of the berry shrubs with berries, my most favorite is the one called Possum Hall, which is a Viburnum nudum. Uh, and it is just the most wonderful clusters of berries. And there will be pink and blue berries on the same cluster of berries, which are like as big as your ha- open hand. Uh, they're just absolutely gorgeous. And the cranberry viburnums are There was too. one plant that I wasn't familiar with that she was showing me was a winter-blooming jasmine. Really? Yeah. And a hardy, hardy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Growing outside in a big container, you know, close to a, a cement wall, so mm-hmm. it gets some extra heat there. But it's like a... Uh, kind of looked like a, a weeping grass, kind of. And it was putting on buds as, as we were doing the interview. No kidding. Yeah, so that was one I didn't know. You know... Uh, oak leaf hydrangea mm. is, is one I love in the winter. It has that exfoliating bark. Heptacodium. Mm. Uh, I love heptacodium because it's so easy to grow. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, well, any of the red twig dogwoods yeah. or yellow twig dogwoods, they add a lot of interest to the garden as well. Just not, they don't, they aren't in leaf because they're deciduous, but the stems themselves have a really gorgeous coloration to them, which is so pretty. And the ornamental grasses. I love all the ornamental grasses in the winter because they do add so much texture yeah, I always to leave, the landscape. Yeah, I leave mine up too because they are they are so good. Now, uh, and that those ornamental grasses are also good for like beneficial bugs, right? They are. They actually are a great place um, for some of our native bees, some of the species of native bees that overwinter in hollow stems. And you might think, okay, well, my grasses don't have hollow stems. But when you cut them back in the spring, and most people cut them back to about 10, 12 inches, you are leaving those little stumps behind. And anywhere there was like a grass uh, flower frond coming out, that flower stalk is hollow. And so a lot of times those little tiny native bees will nestle down into those hollow grass stems, uh, flower stems, for the wintertime. And so that's good habitat for them. And the plumes are just so pretty. They are. I think they add a lot of There, There is um, one called standing ovation, the little blue stem standing ovation, which I actually saw for the first time at the Greater Des Moines Botanic Garden out in Iowa. And the way that they used it was sort of in these uh, groups, and they put it all in between the perennials. And I thought, I wonder why they had, you know, have it sort of spread out through everything. And then I saw a picture of the garden in the wintertime, hmm. and then I knew exactly hmm. why they did it, because it's sort of these punctuation points of interest with this uh, grass that stays very, very upright, which was really neat to see. Uh, real quick, uh, Dollar Bank Instant Access, peony question. I was giving these bulbs recently still in the package. When should I plant them? I know it takes three years before they bear flowers, correct? Uh, is it a peony? A peony, yeah. It can be three years. Uh, it cannot be, depending also depending on how mature those roots already are. Um, the deal with peonies is they are almost always best planted and transplanted in the fall. But we're really, really late in the season at this point, obviously. However, I don't think that you would be smart to try to overwinter them uh, bare root like they are. So I would go ahead and plant them out into the garden now, even though it's not an ideal situation. Um, peonies... Although it's a big, chunky root, you might be tempted to plant it nice and deeply. Don't, because if you plant it, the, the, the eyes of the root, which has eyes like a potato has eyes, should be only about one inch below the surface of the soil. If you plant them any deeper than that, they're going to be blind. The eyes will be blind. The plant will never flower. So you, you want it to be just below the surface. But because it's so late, after you plant it, get a good layer of mulch on there. I would maybe, when your Christmas tree is done, cut some branches off and and lay that over where you planted the plant. 
coming back. More of Doug and Jess next. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. She's a grower, horticulturist, and our gardening goddess. Denise, how are you this morning? I got a little foggy. You know, I'm done with the rain. <laughs> it was That was a, a long, long, long stint of rain. It's going to end. It's going to end here in the morning, right? I hope so. They <laughs> keep telling us it will. I was actually reading the other day that we are something like 1.57 feet over our annual wow. total of rainfall, and the ground is absolutely saturated. And what I also read was 2019 is looking to be wetter. And, you know, this summer was actually, I've heard so many complaints about, you know, fungal diseases Mm -hmm. and, you know, verticillium in trees was particularly bad this year. And, you know what, I wouldn't mind like a stretch of a week without rain. Mm -hmm. I don't mind watering the garden once in a while. I only watered my garden once all summer. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I know. And in, in this case, for me, I just opened up all my cold frames yesterday, and, and this is a great thing in a way for me, but yes, the gray the, the gray weather is, is not... Uh, we, we need a little bit of sunshine, right? We, need a little, we just need a little bit of dry for a change. <laughs> I'd well, almost rather it be snow at this point than rain. I know I'm going to regret have, saying that, but I'm done with the rain. I could, I could use a little snow now. I know, I know. Jack's I have nothing really else to say look. to you for the rest of the show. <laughs> okay, that'll do it for today's broadcast. All right, let's go to Lawrence, Pennsylvania, and say hi to uh, Dave. Uh, hi, Dave. Hi, Doug. How are you today? Good. How's it going? Good. You guys were talking about hellebores for house plants. Are you talking about the Lenten roses? Actually, the one that they sell uh, for a Christmas plant is is... Uh, Helleborus niger, which is uh, the common name would be either Christmas rose or winter rose. Uh, the Lenten rose is Hellebore uh, orientalis. How do you orientalis, say it? Yeah. Orientalis. Uh, so yeah, they're 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 both hella they're both hellebores. They're just one one blooms early in the spring with the crocus. Another one blooms right now in the winter. There's just different species right. uh, within that same genus. Yeah. And the uh, the uh, one that blooms later, it uh, I have one. I've had two outside for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's the uh, Ivory Prince, and the other's a uh, Ox. It's a dark, almost a black. Yeah, they're, they're the great, foliage, great plants. They are, and the foliage is magnificent. I agree. Very different, extremely different. And I, the one that they're selling like as a Christmas plant now is the harder one of the two to find, the one that blooms in the winter. And to tell you the truth... I rarely see them uh, in in the nursery, and that's why when I see them as a Christmas plant, I want to get it and get it in the ground because I want to see it every year. It's, there's something about seeing those white buds pop up this time of the year, and even in January, they'll be in full bloom, and it could be freezing and snow, but when you get a thaw, the honeybees will actually come out and come to that flower, which is a cool thing. Do you like to cut them all the way down to the ground or leave the foliage completely? You know, I don't, but I know a lot of people do. A lot of people, because it it, make, it shows off the flowers a little better. I just let them do their thing. Uh, the, yeah, the, I, the, I, the, I, uh, same with, with the Lenten rose. I just let it go, let it do its thing. I love those flowers. And the, the breeders, every time I go to this trade show in Baltimore, there's always a new hellebore where it's looking up and it's double and it's pink and all sorts of cool colors. Uh 
Yeah, I I would like to actually add more to my garden. Deer resistant. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have any in your garden? Do you have I do. I have a bunch of them. Yeah, I don't have any of the winter rows, but I do have a couple of Lenten rows, and I'm I'm. I don't cut them back, but I do groom them a little bit. So in the spring, I will go out and I will just sort of trim off any brown leaves or anything that's sort of rotted off. Or but for I mean, the how most much part, do they cut back? Do they cut like the whole thing back? I think some people do because they want those stalks, the flower stalks, to emerge from the base of the plant clean without any of that old mm-hmm. foliage around. But I kind of like that old foliage. I think it adds a little bit of more green, you know, to the garden, especially early in the spring. But either way is fine. It's not like it's going to be the plant is going to suffer if you don't cut it back. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.